This is Web Suasion Conversation, episode 31. Welcome to the show. I am Ryan Williams, president and founder of the Web Suasion Group and Kapoka Studios here at Pinewood Atlanta Studios in Fayetteville, Georgia. Today on the show, we have Mike Dingler of Firehouse Pressure Washing and Firetrack. Mike is a nationally registered and formerly full-time firefighter paramedic, and he now works as a volunteer firefighter paramedic. Mike runs Firehouse Pressure Washing, which is staffed entirely by firefighters. Mike is also an author of the book, Small Service-Based Business Basics, How to Run Your Business and Not Let Your Business Run You. He's launching the Firetrack app in early 2020 to connect the public to firefighters providing various home services on their days off. And full disclosure, Mike Dingler is actually a client of ours. We are building the Firetrack app here at WebSuasion, and Mike's going to talk a little bit about what that service will do. But what we do for clients like Mike is take an idea and turn it into an actionable plan that results in a functioning application. In this case, we're dealing with Apple iOS and Google Play and having a centralized server and an administration portal. And our initial job is helping clients to understand how all these pieces work together, what all the hoops we have to jump through for, especially Apple, what you can and can't do, and ultimately how much all of this is going to cost and how long it's going to take. Launching a successful application is no different than launching a successful business. So we tend to like to work with people who are already running their own businesses successfully, just like Mike is with Firehouse Pressure Washing. So without further ado, here's our interview with Mike Dingler. Mike, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. So tell me, where did you grow up, man? I grew up in Douglasville, Georgia. Oh, yeah. That's not too far from me. I was South Cobb. I was Austell. Oh, so okay. Right yeah, there. Austell was a couple exits down from us. Yeah. yeah what, so which school did you go to, high school? Um, I went to Fayette County High because I moved here oh, in eighth okay. grade. But okay. I went to Chapel Hill Middle before I moved to Fayette County High. Gotcha, gotcha. So what brought you guys here to Fayetteville originally? My dad, he got married to a lady that lives here, and her whole family was from Peachtree City. So we moved here when I was 13. So was he already doing what... Is the family business now? No, he uh, surprisingly enough, he was a manager at the Atlanta General Constitution for uh, like really? eighteen or nineteen years up in Atlanta. Had like two hundred something people underneath him as a general district manager or whatever it was, whatever his job title was. But then he uh, he really just got tired of the suit and tie and traffic. So he uh, when he married my stepmom, her whole family was in construction. So he his new in-laws basically talked him into going into construction. So he went into new construction painting. Okay, and um, that's how I eventually got started pressure washing is I pressure washed new houses for him before he painted. So you're doing that as a teenager mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> after school? Yes, helping. after school and all summer long with all my um, friends that wanted to help me from high school. We all uh, pressure washed and painted during the summer for my dad. Okay, so he was pressure washing the whole time 
through uh, he was he had to have the houses clean before he painted them okay so either he or i would pressure wash it but he taught me how to pressure wash when i was like 14 so and even then, with new construction would they just clean it up the mud and stuff that gets yeah the new construction it? stuff he painted a lot on the inside and then the outside he just rents off like what we call the splash line down right. which is basically four feet down yeah, yeah. where the uh the mud splashes on the house before they had the landscaping down yeah uh you have to go in and do that and then you have to go in and acid wash all the concrete here in georgia you get all the red clay so yeah. We'd go in and acid wash the concrete and rinse the house, and I still do that today. It's weird. Yeah. I still work for builders today that I do the same thing I did when I was 15. <laughs> That's funny. So what brought on the whole firefighting thing then? So we were building a house in Brooks. I was in ninth grade, and the house right before we moved in it, we'd already moved our two dogs and all of our property in, and we were supposed to move in the next day, but we left everything that night um, because we were staying with my stepmom's family, and the house burned to the ground. Oh, wow. Um, overnight, about 2 o'clock, it caught on fire, and we lost both of our dogs and all of our belongings. The house pretty much burned straight down. And Fayette County Fire, they, they were there, and they buried our dogs, and they really helped us out. And my dad was really impressed. I was really impressed. So when I was in ninth grade, I went and volunteered. I became a volunteer for the uh, city of Fayetteville. Wow, you can do it that young. Yeah, I was like 17. So maybe not ninth grade, maybe 10th or 11th grade is when this was. I was 17 years old and volunteered, but I couldn't take the firefighter one exam because I wasn't 18 and their insurance gotcha. wouldn't cover me. So I moved on from there and went to college and everything. But then, I, ironically enough, I witnessed a car wreck on my lunch break from, from college in computer programming. And I helped out with the EMS and stuff on scene, just being like a bystander. And I was yeah. like, man, I really want to go back. So I actually finished my web design degree and my computer degree and transferred from all of that at Southern Crescent to Firefighter One. So like gotcha. all my school counselors were like, what are you doing? Because yeah. I just, I was getting ready to graduate, you know, with a uh, computer science degree. And I still did, but yeah. I, I transferred and went to fire school. So I went from working on keyboards and computers to uh, crawling through the mud with uh, fire department gear on every night at, at Southern Crescent. So it was pretty cool. So one thing I didn't realize, and it makes a lot of sense because when you call 911, you know, the fire department's always there. I didn't realize that all firefighters are EMS workers. Is that how it It's department specific. Okay. So Fayette County, where I worked, Peachtree City, where I worked, they are a hybrid. So they run the fire trucks and the ambulances. Gotcha. They run fire and EMS. Most uh, fire departments, if they're just like city of Fayetteville is just a fire department. They still, you know, are EMS trained. So they'll either be an EMT, EMTA, or a paramedic. Gotcha. So a lot of departments run their own ambulance service. Uh, like I've always done since I'm a paramedic, you know, I've always worked for departments that have their own ambulances. And then a lot of departments like in Atlanta and stuff will still just do the fire service. So gotcha. it kind of just depends on what department you go to. Okay. So what is the typical salary for a, uh, uh, starting off, used to they did training pay, but now I don't know if they do that or not. But starting off is like thirty eight thousand a year. Okay, uh, if you you know obtain a lot of certifications and your paramedic and your fire officer one, and you know you you test and promote to the rank of lieutenant or captain, you can get up into the sixties or seventies. Okay, per year, but uh, you know usually when you just entry rates about thirty eight to forty two right now. And how many hours a week are they working on that? A lot of departments work 4872s or 2448s. Okay. So everything that I'm used to here in Georgia is 2448. We work for 24 hours on and 48 hours off. So you'll okay. work on Monday, be off Tuesday, Wednesday, go back on Thursday, be off Friday and Saturday. And you're on the whole day. Yeah, 24 hours straight, you're on, answering calls. Anytime the, uh, anytime the tones go off, you know, and it's your station, you go mm -hmm. and take care of whatever needs to be taken care of. You could be on scene at a fire for five hours or on scene of a, you know, EMS call for 
five minutes. You don't okay. ever really know. You just um, when the tones go off, you kind of get you know a description and route, and uh, you just take care of it when you get there. With those days off, a lot of firefighters are doing side jobs as well. I think all of them are. All of them. Yeah, yeah. there's. I mean. I don't know many firefighters that don't do anything on their days off. They usually either own their own side job yeah. or they work for someone else who owns their own side job. But yeah, it's an easy schedule to go out and make a little bit of extra money, you yeah. know, just doing various things. So were you still pressure washing for your dad while you were firefighting? Or yes. did you, when, at what point did you start fire? Um, so when I started fire school, I was, it was 2003 and I had, uh, just got out of college but I, I mean, I had pressure washed all through college for extra money, you know, in the weekends and stuff like that, or during spring break or summer break or whatever, I would go and pressure wash. So, I mean, I pressure washed the whole time. I remember being in rookie school, having to memorize the mission statement. Yeah. And I actually had it on a little piece of paper in my pocket and I would look at it and keep pressure washing and look at it again and keep trying to memorize things as I was pressure washing. So I was right. always a, I had pressure washed, you know, probably... I'd say a good five to seven years before I even became a firefighter. I actually became a firefighter not only because my house burned down and I, you know, helped out with that wreck and all that in college, but I became a firefighter because I knew I could keep pressure washing right uh, on my days off and you know just keep that income coming. So had you started your own company at that point with yeah, firehouse? it's called Mike's Pressure Wash. Oh, you started out with Mike's, <laughs> like everyone does. So you were you were the Chuck in the truck. <clears throat> I was the Chuck in the truck. I had a. Uh, <laughs> A very small pressure washer that was on sale at, I think, a Sherwin-Williams office, and I loaded in hose and tools and equipment in the back of a of a pickup truck. Just you, or did you have Just a me. Yeah. Um, my dad, obviously, was always helping. He was always around, and then, um, you know, my wife eventually, you know, when we got married, she helped me, okay. uh, but it was still just a chuck-in-the-truck operation, and um, only recently when I, you know, began gaining a lot of momentum and actually figured out what I was doing. Right. Did I buy all the awesome equipment that cost like $10,000 and all that stuff? Right, right. So at what point did you start Firehouse? I started Firehouse Pressure Washing after I got married in 2009 with my wife. Okay. So you've been doing it for about 10 years now? Yes. Almost 11? Yeah. As yeah. I've been doing it as Firehouse Pressure Washing, like with legit equipment yeah. and, you know, like a full-time you know, deal ever since, uh, 2009, I got married. I was still a firefighter. My wife was a firefighter. We both worked together on different shifts, saw each other 10 times a month. Uh, she got pregnant with our first son Carter and had him in 2010. And, uh, soon after that, I started seeing the writing on the wall, which is I'm never at home. I'm always yeah. working and I'm just spinning my wheels. I felt like a hamster in a wheel. Right. So I had to make a change. So in 2014, I left the fire department full-time and pressure wash full-time. And that's when I started hiring people. I actually had a guy that worked with me. His name was Matthew, and he was a rookie, and he was assigned to my station. I was his officer for a year. We really got along and really synced, so he he was actually the first guy to come help me pressure wash on my days off. Gotcha. And he so, still works with me now, so it's pretty cool. You exclusively hire firefighters yes. to work. If you're not a firefighter, uh, need not apply. So what's the rationale behind that? Why would you um, go that route? There's a lot of rationale. It, you really get away from the chuck in the truck. If You know you're not hiring chuck in the truck. If you hire a firefighter, you're hiring a guy that is um, just a, really a good guy. You mm -hmm. know, he's not a criminal. He's not a drug addict. He's going to show up to work. He's going to do what needs to be done. And really, it's just all I've ever been around. Yeah. I mean, ever since I was 17, I've been around firefighters. Yeah. So you know, a lot of them, they don't know how to pressure wash, but they come work with me and they figure it out and we've got all the best tools and equipment. You know, it's very similar 
to using tools and equipment within the fire service, especially ladders. Right. So I know they're ladder safety, you know, training. training. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So they, OSHA and all that really spells out what I should be doing out there on a construction site or residential site. Mm -hmm. Firefighters are are trained with OSHA and safety, safety, safety. And that's my biggest concern is just making sure everybody's safe. Everybody knows, you know, chemicals that we're handling and all that kind of stuff within hazmat with the fire department. It just, it sinks, you know, it's just really a good fit for a firefighter to be a pressure washer. And there's pressure washing firefighters in every city around the U.S., I right. guarantee you. And you've got 60-foot ladders you're getting up on for commercial buildings. You're doing right. park, parking decks or big, yeah. large. You know. I try to do all the high ladder work still, but, the yeah, the parking decks and stuff like that, you know, we get in there and we've got a crew of 12 so I can get as many guys and up to three rigs on one site, you know, for wow. commercial, like a parking garage. Yeah, yeah. And I can have, you know, eight, ten guys working on one day, you know, running – six pressure washers at a time yeah. so yeah we get stuff done pretty quick like that how many trucks do you have now we got three we got two flatbeds that look like fire trucks and everybody thinks they're fire trucks the f550 the red they yeah, have Maltese yeah. cross on the side i did that you know because it's firehouse pressure washing and firefighter related and then we have a trailer rig still that is gotcha. towed by a red pickup truck so. What are you looking forward to moving forward with Firehouse in the upcoming year? Are you going to expand? Are you going to have more people come in? Oh, uh, I think we're good at 12. We may have a few more if some of the guys leave. Like, it's it's ever-revolving uh, cycle. Like, some of my guys now that, that work with me, you know, I love them to death. But you can't fault someone for bettering themselves. And right. if they go, you know, from paramedic to RN school – then their whole life changes. Right, right. So they're no longer a firefighter paramedic, 2448, they're an RN. Right. Or if they move from being a paramedic at the fire department to being a cardiac cath technician, paramedic, uh, like at Piedmont Fed and, you know, wherever else there's cardiac cath in Noonan, you know, they double their salary. They yeah. they get a lot better schedule. So the, obviously they have to leave. Not dealing with the weather. Working yeah. with me. Yeah. 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 And I, I never fault a guy for leaving, yeah. you know, and, and I've never had somebody just leave because uh, they wanted to, or they found a better pressure washing gig. I've actually never had anyone leave my organization to go pressure wash with anyone else. Once so, someone comes in, they're you know, it's a family atmosphere. And you, so, know, you know ahead of time they're working towards this. And yes. You're going to yeah. have to replace somebody three yep. months down the road or something. Yeah. And I've got guys, you know, there's 12 of them. So there's guys uh, like one guy named Cody. He works like 10 or 15 shifts a month. Yeah. And then I've got other guys who have different family dynamics, different schedules, and they work maybe five or six shifts a month. So it doesn't really bother me. They just have to sign up, you know, and, Tell you and I just kind of put them on the schedule wherever yep. I can fit them and, you know, go from there. If there's anything you would have done differently going back, what would what, what can you think of? Gone to business school. Yeah? Yeah. Um, pressure washing and running a pressure washing business are two completely different things. Yeah. And I think a lot of guys, they're good at a certain trade or a certain service, but they're terrible at running the business. Right, which is most does things. That. Yeah, yes. yeah, most small businesses. Yes. So um, <clears throat> I think I would have branched off in college and went to business school a little bit Okay. and uh, really just tried to learn you know, more about I mean, just simple things that no one ever teaches you. And it's like it should be taught in high school, like how to balance a budget, how to yeah. do your checkbook, how to, you know, what taxes are, what how to run a business, how to get a business license. Yeah. But no one, you know, no one really taught me. I had to figure it out on my own. And it only gets easier when you get more and more in business. It's like, where was all this help right. when I was like, I didn't know what to do. I just right. knew that I could pressure wash that house really well. But you know nothing about marketing or admin or anything. Right. So, yeah, I think um, – and, I, of course, I've corrected that. I've self-corrected that and signed myself up for a lot of uh, things that taught me all that. But, yeah, I, I think I would have went to business school. And that's what I'm kind of pushing my children towards is, like, 
you got to go to college. You got to go do something where you learn how to run whatever it is on your own. Doesn't matter what it Doesn't is. Doesn't matter what yeah. it is. You could be a doctor. You could be an actor. You still got to run a business. Exactly. You, know? you yeah. could be a doctor and be one of the best doctors, but if you don't know how to implement a scheduling thing and a CRM software and a, a office manager stuff like that, you're dead in the water. Yeah. You know, you're going to be a doctor for someone else's yeah. doctor's office. Right. You right. You're not going to so, run your own practice. Yeah. Right. Right. Did so you wrote a book on this though, right? You I wanna, did. Was it yeah. specific to pressure washing? Or no. Was it, just a business it was. Um, it was basically just everything I thought was common sense as a firefighter uh, in business was not. And yeah. I, I started seeing it more and more on the Facebook forums that I'm a member of, the pressure washing forums specifically. Just everybody's out there just kind of wandering around in the dark, you yeah. know, and, and they're asking guys for help on the internet and the guys are just being mean to them. Right. Just being, you know, just terribly mean. Yeah. Like, why don't you Google it yourself or, blah, 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 you know, you can't ever get any good, solid, Figured easy out the hard information. Way, buddy. Right. Yeah. Just easy, yeah. easy stuff. Like, what your uniform should look like, what your truck should look like, you know, what your attitude should be. What your pricing should be. Yes, you, you know, exactly. All that stuff. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to wake up and I'm going to type and write a book about it. And How long did it take you to write it? A little over a year. Yeah. Uh, from four o'clock in the morning until, you know, 530 when the rest of my family woke up, <laughs> yeah. I'd be in the office typing. And, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to say it's an awesome book, but it's a book that I've gotten really good responses from from the guys that I'm trying to help, which well, are the good. guys that are, you know, just getting their feet wet, no pun intended, but um, just trying to get into any kind of business. Pressure washing, obviously, they're attracted to my book because they're a pressure washer in, you know, Texas. And right. they see my book, and I'm a pressure washer in Georgia. And they're like, well, I'm going to read this guy's book. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think the total book sales after Amazon takes their huge cut. I think I've made like a hundred and something dollars. So I'm really not. Hey, that's actually pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, From what I understand, I'm not relying on it to yeah. do anything. It's just, um, you know, I just wanted to do it to to kind of help out. You know, I've always seen the picture of the guy when he's climbing the mountain. He'll turn around and you know, put put his hand out to help somebody else. And right. I believe in totally leaving an industry better than you found it. Yeah. yeah. And um, writing that book was kind of my way of saying, all right, you know, this is all the stuff that I thought everyone knew, but they didn't. And it right. took me, you know, 15 years to learn it all yep. and implement it. So. You know, I just figured I'd type some stuff up. It's really, it's really elementary stuff. If you read the book, it's, it's, it's a form called, of mentorship, though. I mean, like, right, and that's a big thing in this business that, or in all business these days, that's missing is that you don't really have apprenticeships as much anymore. Right, you do more in the trades, but you don't in, yes, in business exactly. in general. And exactly, there's only so much even in school, business school, you're not going to have hands-on experience. Right, running a business, so I think apprenticeship is like, you know, absolutely key. So oh that's yeah, great. Oh yeah. So you got a whole new thing you're starting up now on top of all of this now. I do. So it's called FireTrack, right? Yep, FireTrack, and it's a app, nationwide app, to uh, to find a firefighter on his day off to do, you know, whatever it is that he does on his day off. Yeah. And there's plenty of them. It's a home service app, business service app, more home aimed at the homeowner yeah. that, you know, wants their house painted or wants their house pressure washed or right. wants some moderate electric work done or plumbing or just whatever you know, typical homeowner uh, things that people hire subcontractors to come do. The app is for firefighters to, A, prove to my office that they're a firefighter wherever they may live in the U.S. Yeah. You know, they take a simple little questionnaire and then send me a copy of whatever forms of certification I may require. And I vet them. I say they look like a firefighter to me. Right. And they go on the website as a firefighter. It's firetrackapp.com. And it's uh, capable on Android or, or a uh, Apple. So Gotcha. Yeah. So end of first quarter, that should be out. Yes. And so pretty soon here. Yep. End and, of first quarter, 2020. And you're onboarding firefighters now, right? Yes. Any firefighter that uh, that 
you know, does anything on their days off, go to firetrackapp.com and uh, basically just sign up. All it is is a simple little box that says I'm interested, yeah. and you put your email in. And yeah. whenever we start onboarding more and more, uh, we'll let you know. But, yeah, basically go ahead and sign up now if you're a firefighter. I need the firefighters on there first all around the nation. So when the homeowners go on it, they're, you know, they're able to find someone. The initial cost, I know, is free for the onboarding process. But once they once they come on and uh, everything's up and running, how much is it going to cost the firefighters? So the firefighters are going to pay $10 a month. And I think that's a really uh, low price. So basically every, you know, every firefighter drinks energy drinks. It's part of our right. job. By uh, one, we have one or two of those. And- yes. We have to stay up 24 hours sometimes. So a yeah. Monster or Red Bull is going to suit you just fine. And basically if you buy four Monsters, that's, that's what this app cost a month for yeah. you to be on it and customers are going to find you on the app because you're a firefighter yeah. um there is no secret with all my marketing and advertising that that everyone on the app is a firefighter and there's no cost to the customer no the client downloads the, the the app for free mm-hmm. and uses it for free at all times and you don't take any cut of no. the, the no, transactions not, between the, the two. transaction basically it's it's a way for me to to introduce a firefighter that does whatever the the client needs mm-hmm. uh i introduce the two and i'm out of it the gotcha. app's out of it everything's out of it it's just, just like clean a, yeah yes it's yep. a directory it's a yep. it's a, a matchmaking it's a directory system yes it is yeah and if you if you have you know a toilet that needs repair or, or fixing or you have a barn door that you want to put as your bathroom door or right. you have tile floor that you want to install or hardwood floors you want to install you want to paint your whole house inside and out you can do all that by going to firetrackapp.com and finding a a local firefighter that's right there in your community that may work they they may cover your house i don't know how many times i've washed someone's house that i've you know been to on a medical call because i covered their area for years and years so these guys that you find on the app you know they're not advertising you know an hour away they're in your backyard right you know and they service your area and basically, it just links you up by zip code, and that's it. That's awesome. Well, tell me about the nonprofit aspect of this. So the nonprofit is called 343-to-nyc.org, and 10% of all the Firetrack funds are going to go straight to the nonprofit. My wife, Monica, is going to be heading up the nonprofit more than I because I've got Firetrack and Firehouse to run. Right. And like I said, my wife was a firefighter six years. She's awesome. She was a paramedic. Uh, she worked in the hospital, in the ER. She worked at the fire department as a firefighter paramedic. She worked in... Um, labor and delivery as a um, uh, assistant or a tech or whatever you call you know that mm-hmm. way back in the day she's been an ems and firefighter her whole life she's now at home helping me run firehouse in the office helping me start fire track and 343 but her main focus is going to be 343 so she's already uh, contacted a lot of uh, firefighters that she used to work with mm-hmm. to be on the board of directors for 343 so it's a 501c3 nonprofit and basically what it does is it takes in all the money that firetrack gives it yeah. uh, 10% of all the funds that firetrack pulls in goes straight to 343 the board meets once a month and finds any firefighter that's been nominated any first responder firefighter or police officer that's been nominated by anyone on fire track. So if, if I've got a business owner that's a firefighter on fire track in Oklahoma, yeah, and they you know they work with a guy that is um, you know just making minimal income, and, and he's 21 years old. He right. wasn't around when 9/11 happened. He was a baby. Yeah. Okay, so his job as a firefighter is very important to know what happened on 9-11. That was the greatest, you know, terrorist attack on American soil. And we lost 343 firefighters, full-time, one volunteer, and many more police officers. And, and of course, the general public's in the right. thousands. 
Um, so it changed and implemented a lot of things within the fire service that we follow today, uh, yeah. standard operating procedures. A lot of that stuff was made from the attacks on 9-11 and what we learned. In New York, if you've been, you know what I'm talking about, but the 9-11 Memorial Museum is something that every American should see right. much more if you're a firefighter or a police officer. So what 343toNYC.org does is anybody that's nominated by anyone through FireTrack or that we know or just any firefighter can nominate any other firefighter or him or herself to enter their name in the hat to be sent to New York. All expenses paid one night. And the reason we're doing it one night is to get them there, get them back, mm -hmm. uh, so they don't have to request annual leave from their fire department. If they work 24, 48, or 48, 72, they have that 48 hours or that 72 hours to catch a flight, go to New York, eat something, you know, whatever. As soon as they get there, we're going to send them to probably O'Hara's restaurant in New York. It's right next to the memorial and museum, and yeah. it's very public safety oriented. There's badges all over the walls and ceilings and everything from all the public safety that's visited that restaurant. So when we went doing our recon, it was really nice that, you know, we found that restaurant. So I'd, I want them to go to that restaurant and take their time to get settled. And then I want them to go to the, to the memorial and the museum. And that takes four to six hours. Yeah. And it's, um, there's no way to describe it besides heavy. It's very yeah. heavy for us first responders to see and to witness that, you know, everything that happened in the museum. So, um, you know, I'm not going to lie. I'm not a macho man. I was in tears the yeah. whole time. I mean, it's, it's something that every firefighter should see. And like I said, the younger firefighters, they really need to see it because they context. didn't see it on TV when it yeah. happened. They didn't yeah. see it. You know, they, they just heard about it and yeah. how it was bad. But if you go as a firefighter and stand there and look at the fire trucks that were just completely demolished by falling material. Oh, so and they've got their showing. They've got is it photos or they have no? Uh, they have fire trucks. Oh, do they really? underground in the museum? They have a fire truck, a police car, an ambulance, tons of stuff that they collected. Um, one of my neighbors, ironically enough, and this is why I know I should be doing this, is one of my neighbors is helping us out with the whole thing. He was NYPD retired from NYPD, and he was on the nine eleven um, team that put everything in the museum. Gotcha. And he was in charge of the morgue and all the logistics around when wow. when it happened. So, um, yeah, he is uh, uh, just a wealth of information, and he's going to help out with 343. I mean, you go to that museum, and you go underground, and you see it's in the footprint of where the World Trade Centers were. Right. And you see the fire trucks, you see the ambulances, you see, you know, personal protective gear that the first responders wore. There's videos, there's pictures, there's all sorts of items all throughout. I mean, you could spend 12 hours down there and still not see everything. Right. So I really want to make a difference by sending first responders to see all that with their yeah. own eyes. So that's great. That's one of the main reasons I started FireTrack is so we could take, you know, the, the money that the firefighters are paying to be on the app is minimal. But if you go nationwide, that money, it, it you know, it grows. Yeah. And it's enough to send, you know, at full full throttle, 343 firefighters or police officers or EMTs right. a year to see it in New York. And as an end user, you get somebody reputable. You get yes. somebody who uh, and you're helping been, send send guys you're, there. You're helping to send a first responder. Yeah, you're right. supporting. Yep. It's, but yeah, it's as a, great, a user, as a homeowner, a business owner, if you hire someone off fire track, you know you're getting a firefighter. Yeah. You know they're going to show up. You know they're going to do a good job, and they're going to communicate with you, and they're going to you know just basically be your provider for life on whatever you know. If you need your house painted, you know Bob from from Oklahoma, he's on fire track. He's going to show up. He's going to paint your house. 
And then, you know, five, 10 years later, he, Bob's still going to be around. Right. You know, and Bob's going to paint your house. Or if you call Bob five or 10 years later and he's not in the fire service anymore, he's going to point you to the right direction of someone who is. Right. So, right. yeah, it's a really good program. And I've learned it all from experience because I'm a firefighter and I run firehouse pressure washing. Anytime we go out and pressure wash, I'd say half of all of our existing clients ask, do you know a firefighter that fills in the blank? Right. And, you know, and you almost house always do. That, that cleans houses, that, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. cuts grass, whatever. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I always know someone. And I've been thinking to myself, like, there's got to be some way to put something together. Right. You know, to where anyone can find a firefighter that does that. And there's been attempts at it uh, through local websites and like Metro Atlanta or Metro, you know, whatever. They've tried to group all the firefighters together to get a good resource. I've seen magazines that try to do it or like little leaflets and stuff, but it's never a, a nationwide thing. Right. You know, and it's going to be a delicate balance to get the firefighters to to know that I'm not a um, a company that's just trying to take their money or right. sell them, you know, leads that don't exist or whatever. I'm not that guy. Yeah, yeah. I just need 10 bucks a month just to cover advertising and admin costs Running on the app. the app. I'm not yeah. trying to become a millionaire from the app or anything, but uh, I'm trying to, you know, I've got an extensive background in marketing now uh, due to all my experience running my own business. So I think that I can do a lot of organic marketing for mm-hmm. these for the firefighters through FireTrack that doesn't cost a lot. Right. I'm not running Super Bowl commercials. I'm not, you know, putting billboards up. I'm just I'm thinking I can get to everyone that needs FireTrack through, you know, social media and everything else. And just local community, you know, right. go to the firehouses and branch out from there. Right. Yeah. Yes. And That's I'm great. relying on the firefighters big time because yeah. I'm not charging $300 a month. I'm charging $10 a month. I'm relying on the firefighters to hand out cards. Right. That's it. I'm going to send you a, a pack in the mail. It's going to have cards, pens, notepads, T-shirts, and all I need you to do is distribute them right. um, to your fire station and to the general public, to your existing client base, and I think it'll go from there. Grassroots guerrilla marketing. That's it. Awesome. That's Mike, it. thank you so much for being on the show, man. No problem. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the show. We hope you enjoyed it. If you haven't already, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting network, be that Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. We are also available on YouTube. You can go to our channel by going to our website first, websuasion.com, W-E-B-S-U-A-S-I-O-N.com. And then click on the link at the top of the screen, third from the right. That's the YouTube link. And then click on subscribe and the bell icon so you can be notified every time we post a new video. We post about 10 to 12 a week, and they're topical excerpts of the interview segments of our podcast. They're great business growth tips to share in your social media feed to your prospects to keep you top of mind as well. Next week on the show, we have Faye Sykes of Social Security Benefit Planners and Scarlet Oak Financial Services. Faye is one of the nation's experts on Social Security benefits and retirement income planning, as well as a financial advisor for individuals, couples, and families. She enthusiastically serves a wide variety of business and personal clients through her two firms, Scarlet Oak Financial Services and Social Security Benefit Planners as CEO. With a focus on delivering comprehensive financial planning, wealth management, and social security benefit planning services. We hope you'll join us for that. And until then, have a productive work week.